Hey, the H1B Guy live on November 10th, 2021. Today I'm going to discuss a third H1B lottery for fiscal year 2022. Have a conversation about the H1B lottery for 2023 and also take your questions and comments. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you if you haven't already to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention the H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how, and you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com. Today's live stream is brought to you by Path to Canada and perm-ads.com. So there's been a lot of questions that I've received really over the last, I'd say, uh, 60 days uh, in reference to the possibility of there being a, a third H-1B lottery and what that may be looking like and a lot just a lot of questions around it and i think when we start to go back to um, some of the uncertainty that was created via the electronic selection process uh it, it, looking back historically to, to fiscal year 2021 um where you know the lottery was held right at the height of covid and then there was a second lottery that that took place and then you know, if you, you go back and, and look at when USCIS made it a fill uh, for the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2021 and, and when it was finalized, it wasn't all mid-February that, that that announcement came out. And so if we go back to the end of July and uh, july 29th i believe uh, the, the the date was july 28th but on july 29th um, there was a news release that was posted on uscis.gov and you know it it basically said this we recently determined that we needed to select additional registrations to reach the fiscal year 2022 numerical uh, allocations on july 28th we selected previously submitted electronic registrations using a random selection process. Uh, the petition filing period based on registration selected on July 28th will begin on August 2nd and close on November 3rd. Individuals with selected registrations will have their MyUSCIS accounts updated to include a selection notice, which include details of when and where to file. So a week ago today, uh the paper filing period for the second lottery closed and if, if you start to look at kind of the dates around that and and what that means i, I don't really think this is just me speculating that we'll see a, a third lottery for for the fiscal year 2022. Uh, the reason why i say that is if you go and, and look at okay hey now regular processing on these cases that that were filed as late as november 3rd um you know 60 days puts it into january um, and then you know if you start to look at at approvals around that again i think that that we'll see another february notification um for the fiscal year 2022 lottery and its conclusion 
in a news release that will be posted by USCIS. And, and the reason I say that is I think a lot of folks were thinking a third lottery might be possible kind of based on uh, the, the previous travel ban that was in place, the inability to get consular appointments for processing for new H-1Bs. Uh, but I think now when, when we go back and we look at November 8th and, and how that has, has changed, um, I think that you, you most likely had employers that were aware of what was going on and, you know, honestly decided that they were going to go ahead and file those, those paper petitions. So I'll be really interested to see, you know, how this plays out from a timeline perspective. But, but again, if, if I look at the dates and, and how they align, really only a few days different than, than what came down last year. So I would expect a, a notification of conclusion uh, could be in play as potentially as early as late January of 2022 and, and kind of early mid-February. And again, I think we'll see an announcement. I don't think that uh, a third lottery is going to be something that, that will be possible. Uh, but again, when we look at what the electronic submission process has created, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about over 300,000 applications for, for roughly 85,000 spots. Uh, with these unprecedented the travel bans that have been in place and the inability to get consulate appointments. Um, I think that's, a, that's why, honestly, I've had a lot of questions around is a third lottery for the H-1B fiscal year 2022 a possibility and, and still likely in play. It, it makes a lot of sense when you talk about 300,000, many of which are duplicate submissions. Um, I unfortunately have had a lot of communication with individuals who were awarded, whose employers decided not to pursue for them uh, due to a variety of reasons. I think one of the things that we're seeing that's still being highly scrutinized is this third party and client worksite and what that means, specifically in this remote hybrid era that, that we're, we're working in here in the U.S., um, so we'll continue to keep our eyes on it here, but for right now, you know, between, um, everyone who's asked me this, you know, I, I just, I don't see the numbers being there for it to make sense to have a third lottery. And again, I, I do expect by, you know, the end of January, beginning of February, uh, next year, we'll, we'll have a news release about the conclusion, um, of the fiscal year 2022 H1B lottery. Uh, very similar to, to last year. And so we're starting to get this cadence and precedent that's been set, I think, over the last couple of years when, when you look at timelines um, and how USCIS looks like they want to handle uh, the H-1B lottery um, and, and the electronic filing and electronic selection period. Um, for me, it, it, you look at kind of that beginning of March, um, roughly, you know, 16 to, to 21 days uh, of a filing period that, that will be in place. Um, really, so anywhere between two to three weeks that, that will be in place. Uh, I think you'll see again, you know, as we start to, to speculate on what does the 2023 lottery look like? Um, but what I want to do now is, is just kind of come to a conclusion here on this third lottery. What do you guys think? Do, do you think that there is a possibility of a, a third H-1B lottery for, for fiscal year 2022? Uh, do you disagree with me? Agree with me? What are your what are your thoughts around that? Um, but again, for right now, just to, to kind of bring some closure to it, I, I think with the lifting of the travel ban, 
Um, you know, international travel really kind of going back to what is going to be new normal starting this week. Uh, as I said on the H1B Guy News um, that I released last Saturday uh, for the week ending November 5th, I think November 8th is going to be a date that that will mark as, as kind of the return to normal and a really a good gauge of what um, the job data looks like really over kind of the next three months. Really interested to see how the jobs data is going to correlate with with the opening of uh, the international travel. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to my point is, is that I think based on that, we knew that that was coming. It was really right in the middle of that, that paper filing period for the second lottery, of course, which was due by November 3rd. So again, I think when you look at how those correlate and what that means going forward, uh, I really believe that, that it means that we're not going to see a third lottery. Um, but of course, I've been wrong before, and if I will, we'll come back and talk about uh, what those numbers look like and and where I missed the mark. Um, just wanted to ask you if if you haven't already to please like this video. Um, if you are currently streaming out there live, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to to join in here this afternoon. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and click the bell for notifications. So that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel. Um, if you've made it this far, uh, just appreciate you guys take taking some time out of your afternoon. If you're looking for ways that you can support the H1B Guy channel, you can currently do so through the super chat function here on YouTube. Um, if you're watching this at a later date or you're streaming it via the H1B Guy podcast, um, you can support the H1B Guy via buymeacoffee.com slash the H1B Guy. If you haven't had a chance, check out the h1bguy.com. There is a library of content out there uh, for your consumption. Um, literally uh, over 150 posts now um, in the last, uh, let's see, where are we now? Uh, 16, 17 months of the H1B Guy platform. Um, moving into speculation around the H1B lottery for fiscal year 2023. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the data that that we've had that's that's been out there. Um, some of the articles that were written early February and, you know, kind of where we stand on those today. So if we go back to February 4th, 2021, um, that was pushed out by the Department of Homeland Security in a notice of action. Uh, that notice of action was titled Modification of Registration Requirement for Petitioners Seeking to File, Cap Subject H-1B Petitions, Delay of Effective Date. A lot of questions around this. What is the H-1B wage selection going to look like going into the H-1B lottery for 2023? And so I'm going to take this right from this notice of action. It says, quote, the department is delaying the rule's effective date until December 31st, 2021, because USCIS will not have adequate time to complete system development, thoroughly test the modifications, train staff, and conduct public outreach needed to ensure an effective and orderly implementation of the H-1B selection final rule by the time the initial registration period will be open for the upcoming fiscal year 2022 HCAP season. During the delay, USCIS works through the issues associated with implementation. DHS leadership will also evaluate the January 8th rule and its associated policies, as is typical of agencies at the beginning of a new administration. So 
you know, to break that down, basically what that means is, is the wage-based selection rule that was put in by the Trump administration uh, going back to 2019 um, and then, you know, made a final rule there on January 8th. Um, you know, the current administration has until the end of the year. Okay. So what that means is that they have until the end of the year to either implement the rule or deny the rule and, and leave it as is. Now, many of you have heard me talk about what do I think is going to happen? And, you know, I, I've been kind of adamant about, I believe that, that a hybrid type, meaning wage-based selection for various wage, level, uh, wage levels in specific MSAs, the metropolitan statistical area. Um, I think that you'll see percentages that will be divvied out for level one, level two, level three, and level four. Highest wages in each of those levels per the MSA would be selected. Um, that's sort of, you know, my thoughts on what a hybrid system would look like. But when you read this, this notice here from DHS, uh, you know, the, the notice is, is pretty straightforward in, in how it handles itself, which is to say that the current administration um, has until the end of the year. Um, there's been a lot of folks that have, have been on both sides of this. Uh, universities, of course, have felt like that, you know, they're the ones that will be missing out because of, of how their salaries and, and wages work. I've been a proponent of wage-based selection. I feel like it is more merit. It ends a lot of the cheap labor debate, but I do see benefit in a hybrid type when we're talking about late, you know, level one wage level, 60K and above type jobs and, and how those are impacted. Um I also wanted to point back to an article that was written by uh, Nick Kolakowski on DICE. Um, that was back on February 19th of 2021. And that article was titled, Biden Immigration Buildings Door Open for H-1B Lottery Shift. And one of the highlights from that says, for 2021, the H-1B lottery is proceeding as planned, meaning just the electronic selection based on random selection. How it looks next year, though, could hinge on whether Biden's sweeping immigration bill becomes law and whether his administration wants to implement a wage-based system. I'll tell you, when you read that and think about kind of where we are now, um, you know, ultimately just a big mess for immigration included in the budget re reconciliation, not included in the budget reconciliation, a lot of back and forth around it. Um so, you know, to me, I, I read that and, and I think, OK, what does that mean going into next year? Is wage based still on the table? I, I think, yes, a wage based selection is still on the table. Um, would the current administration implement the previous Trump era you know, rule? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that if I look at the totality of it and while they may favor some sort of wage based selection, um, as of right now, to, to kind of speculate what the 2023 lottery will look like from electronic selection, will it be random? I do. I believe it'll be a random. I, I think that, that the Biden era will just um, rescind this rule by the end of the year. I don't believe that they'll use the framework for the wage-based selection that was outlined by the Trump administration. Um, I believe that they they probably, you know, again, if, if we look at it, they're going to they're gonna want to put their own spin on it. Um, so that's where I come back to, you know, some sort of hybrid. But again, we look at how big tech has influenced a lot of uh, the reform here recently. And, and I think you'll continue to see that. Um, you'll continue to see that influence. 
as far as dates and just you know doing some initial speculation around dates what 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 do the dates look like as you know we we move into next year when do we think that you know if if USCIS is is going to to make their announcements when are they going to open up the portal for submission and so I, I go back and look at, well, if you look at February 28th as a Monday, would they do it in February? Would they push it to a Monday in March? Um, my thoughts are they most likely are going to kick it off on a Monday in March. So to me, when I look at it, that tells me most likely March 7th. And if we're going by, you know, 14 days, that puts you to March 21st. If you're going by a few more than that, March 25th would be that Friday, which would put us right around the 18 day mark. Last year, I believe it was 16 days. So uh, again, if, if we're doing some speculation and, and kind of looking through what do these dates look like as, as we start to look ahead to um, the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2023 and it being electronic selection, random selection of electronic selection, I believe you'll see that portal uh, open up on March 7th and um, close around March 25th. At least that's for right now, and that's pure speculation, just based on the historical data that we've seen. Uh, if you go back to how it was handled in 2020, and again in 2021. Um, fast forward, again, I think a second lottery would definitely be in play uh, for the fiscal year 2023. I think you'll see those selections take place again into july beginning of august <clears throat> and the reason why is is i think if you look at if march 25th is the date and you start to look at a calendar I, I, again you know looking through those things and what they look like i believe you'd either be looking at an april 1st or an april 4th opening um for petitioners to begin to submit um, the paper petitions, because I think that'll still be in play. I don't think we're going to see electronic filing, even though it, it, it's the one thing that makes a lot of sense. I think we'll see that come into play. Um, and, you know, a, a, again, 60 days, if, if we're doing some, some really basic math uh, from, from April 4th, is going to put that lottery closing sometime right in the beginning of May, uh, most likely maybe around May 6th is my guess. Um, so again, 60 days from that point, you're at uh, beginning of July. Okay. Uh, so here we are, you know, right, right kind of back in the same pattern as, as we've seen over the last couple of years, and how it's related to the electronic selection process, a drastic change from us old school folks who filed hundreds of H1B lottery cases, um, where literally, you know, we, we had cases ready to go and they were FedExed for delivery on April 1st. That was always kind of the, the, the day that, that we targeted full paper petitions. Now it's a $10 and a dream. Um, individuals can be filed uh, by multiple sponsoring petitioners with the hope of selection and then going through the process, which is doing the H-1B advertising, um, kind of submitting the data around that and the justification, you know, for, for the opening. So I think we're seeing now we're starting to see these trends as we have a couple of years, the data, it, it gives us an outlook to look at the calendar. And for those of you that are going into the lottery to get an idea on some of these timeframes around it, which, you know, kind of circles back to the, the third, 
the third lottery discussion and, and why I don't think that's going to be something that's going to happen. I'm not saying USCIS doesn't want to issue out its full allotment, uh, but I just don't think they're going to hold a third lottery. And if they do, then again, that would be another unprecedented event um, as, as we look at how this electronic implementation has, has gone. Just wanted to ask you again, uh, please like this video, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel. Um, if you're looking for ways to support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so through uh, the Super Chat function currently via the live stream. Uh, if you're watching or listening to this in the future, uh, you can do so through buymeacoffee.com slash the H1B Guy. I definitely want to take some of your questions and comments. If you have any questions or comments around uh, a possibility of a third H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2022, what are your thoughts around the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2023? Do you think we'll see electronic selection uh, be random again? Do you think the Biden administration will enact the final rule from the Trump administration that was strictly wage-based based on the highest earners? What do you think about my solution? You know, the kind of a hybridized system where 25% um, of the allocation over the 85,000 is going to go to level one, level two, level three, and level four with the highest earners in each individual MSA being selected. Um, curious to see what, what your thoughts are around that. So drop me a comment or a question in the chat and, and we'll get to that towards the end. Um, I wanted to shift quickly to discussion around budget reconciliation, build back better. What, what does that mean right now? What's included? What's not going to be included? Of course, we've seen some of the versions of the house, which, you know, as, as I've previously covered, um, you know, do, do have a variety of, of provisions, um, you know, parole uh, being, being one of those. I, I think if you look at what really has caught my attention the most and I covered this a little bit last week as, as I talked about the fee increases. And I think that when I look at, at some of the fee increases, it's, it's pretty substantial. Um, nothing wrong with that, but, you know, just, just kind of reading through it. I mean, the registry cutoff date, of course, is something that, that I'm definitely interested in is seeing the discussion around unused visas and recapturing from family based and employment based, you know, going back as far as 1992, what that looks like. Uh, but really, for me, it's it's the fee increases. Um, as I mentioned last week, you know, there's there's some pretty substantial increases, and, and I think this is how USCIS, quite honestly, uh, plans to to ramp up their processing capabilities. Is they're going to do so through increased fees and allow them to increase their their human capital. Um, so again, you know, to to kind of bring it up, one of the the fee increases to me. When you look at you know each petition for H1B now five hundred dollars L five hundred dollars, um, and and you look at some of the other um, you know fee increases where you talk about uh, changing or extending that that I uh, five thirty nine that's in another five hundred dollars. So you know ultimately um, some of the calculations that were shared. Uh, we're roughly over $31,000 if, if you include in some of the perm labor and, and filing fees. Um, listen, it, it's not cheap to employ an H-1B visa uh, employee. It's not. It's not what people think it is. I mean, the legal and filing fees alone, when you look at those, 
um, you know, they are part of the overall employment cost. And so, you know, as an employer who's sitting here considering, do I sponsor, do I not sponsor? Uh, you got to do your math and you've got to look at what's this individual situation? How much time do they le have left on their H-1B if it's a transfer? Uh, it, you know, if it's a, if it's new employment, of course, you know, there's a six year time frame there and, and those calculations um, around what it's like to, to, to do perm labor certification and, and extending that individual's employment. Um, so it's thousands upon thousands of dollars. It's a significant commitment. But with that being said, you know, what do I think? What do I think about Build Back Better in the Senate? And, you know, I've said it. I said it on the H1B Guy Live back in the end of October, I believe on October the 20th. Uh, where I said, I just I don't think we're going to see the immigration reform that we all hope for in Build Back Better. Um, I, I think that the parliamentarians direction and, and ruling was was pretty clear. Um, do I think that it's still a possibility? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? No. And this isn't about me being negative or uh, trying to paint a negative picture here. This is just about me looking at kind of the totality of the issue, some of the ruling around it, the motives behind it, and and what those what those mean, who those players are, and kind of the stakes that are that are at play. I, I think if you look at anything, you go back and look at what happened on November second. I, I mean, it definitely has. Uh, the Democratic Party scrambling, trying to understand how they can either maintain or control. I think it's very evident when we look at started forecasting what midterm elections will look like next year. Um, it, it paints an interesting picture um, for the political jockeying that's going on and, and the constant fight for, for authority um, on the Hill. But, <clears throat> of course, I saw November 15th, so it looks like we've, we've got, you know, at least... Next week, if not further on, before we're going to have some sort of adjustment. If you remember last year, this thing went all the way towards the end of the year, too. Uh, so this is is really looking to be kind of consistent with how, um, you know, Congress and, and both the Senate and House are, are handling um, the, the annual budget. The last thing that I wanted to mention, and, you know, one of the big causes that, that have been very supportive of, uh, and a lot of you who have followed this channel know, um, you know, improve the dream, uh, you know, my friend Deep Patel and, and the crew of, of folks over at improve the dream. I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to share it one more time. Um, if you're interested in the text for both, uh, HR 4331 and, uh, the Senate, um, SB Senate Bill 2753. Uh, you can check out americaschildrenact.com. And I'm going to post that just in the chat and I'll bring it up too. For those of you, just again, it's americaschildrenact.com. And, and on there is both the House and Senate versions. Uh, the thing that I find really interesting about the standalone bill, and, and we've talked about the likelihood of a standalone bill being the most effective path, all the way back to the beginning of the year when we looked at comprehensive immigration reform, 
Um, the thing about America's Children Act is that it does have bipartisan sponsorship in the Senate. It actually has four Republican senators signed on to it. Senator Rand Paul, um, Senators Collins, Ernst, and Murkowski um, also have signed on to it as bipartisan co-sponsors, uh, along with um, you know Senator Alex Padilla. Uh, and uh, a few other Democrats, of course, are, are primary sponsors on it. But what that tells me is, is you start to look at a lot of the different legislation that's currently going on in the House. And, and this bill itself has um, that bipartisan sponsorship. And, and that, to me, is, is, is a sign that um, there's some agreements on both sides of the House. And, and I'm really interested to see how this will play out. Um, if it's not included in Build Back Better or executive, uh, if, if it has a chance and in, in standalone and, and what that's going to mean going forward. Um, of course, we'll continue to monitor that very closely. Um, but wanted to share that with you because I thought that was really interesting to see that there are, you know, four Republican senators that are signed on to the America's Children Act and, um, and, and what that will mean for that particular piece of legislation going forward. It, it, it means a lot of good things um, possibly to come for, for that piece of legislation. If, if standalone is the approach uh, that ends up being the, the, the best for, you know, the documented dreamers. And, and even there are some, some of the undocumented mentioned um, as, as part of what, what that legislation does and, and how it will work in, in terms of reform. Wanted to ask you again, if you haven't already liked this video, uh, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and click the bell for notifications. Um, if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and post those in the chat. We'll be getting to those in the next few minutes. Um, wanted to just kind of do a, a quick recap on, on what we spent, you know, the first uh uh, better part of this live stream covering, and, and that was, you know, my conversations around, will there be a third H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2022? Um, you know, as of right now, I don't believe that will be the case. Um, the deadline for paper submittals, paper petition submittals for the second lottery was November 3rd, so a week ago today. Um Based on kind of an average of 60 days processing, uh, you know, I think we're, we're looking at, um, you know, the, the beginning, middle of January before the conclusion would take place. And then I think an announcement, a news release, uh, we'd be looking at probably towards the end of January, uh, beginning of February. Um, and then in reference to, H-1B lottery for 2023 and kind of speculating around my thoughts on that. I, I think right now I'll, I'll have been hopeful that a wage-based um, system would be implemented and, you know, hopefully in the form of a hybrid where there is, you know, 25% allocation given for um, each different job level, job level one, job level two, job level three, job level four, and then the highest salaries in each of those individual MSAs being selected. Um, but I don't foresee the Biden administration um, allowing this Trump era rule to, to become law. Um, I think that most likely they'll just rescind it altogether and then allow the, the lottery for fiscal year 2022 
three um, to continue as it has over the last two years, which is on electronic filing and random selection. Uh, as we kind of looked at the dates around that and what that means, I, I think you're looking at the lottery portal opening up sometime around March the 6th and potentially closing around March the 25th. Um, and then that would allow for either submissions to begin on April 1st or April 4th, which is the following Monday. Um, and, you know, if a second filing period were to happen, I think you're still, again, looking at a very similar um, timeline, which is, uh, you know, the end of July, beginning of August for the announcement of a, a second lottery and then the filing period that would take place, you know, 60 days, most likely um, right until the beginning of November. So I think all of that is is really kind of standard and, and still in play. Um, and then, of course, as, as we shift towards budget reconciliation, you know, it, it to me, it's it's one of those things where it, it feels like, um, you know, honestly, I don't I don't think it's going to be included, but but I hope it does. I think the Senate parliamentarian was very straightforward and direct on her ruling. Uh, but of course, I think over the next month, we're going to see how that will transpire. And, um, you know, we'll definitely be be keeping our eyes and, and ears tuned to that. But um, since I don't see any questions or comments, I will wrap this up just by, you know, discussing um you know what what i think is going to happen um you know as, as we head into the the beginning of next year which is you know the midterm elections and and how that's going to impact immigration um you're seeing the struggle and the question becomes you know who who's gonna who's gonna come out on top and is bipartisan support possible i think when you see bills that are standalones like america's children's act and what they mean, um, you know, hopefully there is some hope for some bipartisan immigration reform in the future. So what we will do is go ahead and, and wrap up this live stream here today. Um, just wanted to remind everyone that today's live stream was brought to you by Path to Canada. Path to Canada provides an ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Path to Canada is your answer. They will gladly help you navigate the process. And if you're interested in finding out more, uh, please be sure to use the link in the video description below. And also by perm-ads.com the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let perm-ads.com help you. Just wanted to thank everyone who's made it this far. Really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't already, like this video subscribe to the h1b guy channel here on youtube and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel if you've made it this far <laughs> thank you for taking the time to watch my video i really appreciate your support um, with that being said i'm robert i'm the h1b guy your global source for all things h1b